The eyes of the rugby world are on France for Rugby World Cup 2023. Direct from France, this is Rugby World Cup Today with Daniel McCarty on SENZ. Leon. Good afternoon. Good evening, New Zealand. Just screaming out the window. Gee, the slow starters in France. Why, look, they take an age to get out of the scratcher and get on with the day. The sun is barely up. It's eight o'clock, my friend. Come on. The early bird catches the worm, Logan. My name is Daniel McCarty. Logan Swinkles alongside me. We roll throughout this hour. This is World Cup today from, guess what, another scorching day. I'm going to dine out on this. What's the weather like being in Auckland, Brad? Is it good? Uh, it's okay? average. Um, it's average, Daniel. It's uh, got. It's been crappy rain for the last couple of days. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's back to what it was. I mean, you don't care. You're from windy, windy Wellington. It's always beautiful exactly. in Wellington, isn't it? So, I, yeah, it's been yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. I do care today. Temperature in Leon is expected to climb to 36 degrees, and it's going to be 36 degrees for the remainder of the week here. So it's pretty warm for the All Blacks as they prepare for the opening game. They'll venture north back to front, uh, to Paris rather for the opening game. At uh, Stade de France, uh, 33 degrees on Friday, French time for that one. Uh, the All Blacks were actually quizzed yesterday by the, uh, the French journalists asking, um, it's really hot here, why are you guys training in the day? And you actually play at 9 o'clock at night? Uh, it was a reasonable question. Um, the All Blacks, well, those at the top table at the time didn't really have an answer. Probably one more for the senior management group. Uh, we've got another busy show for you. Scott McLeod, David Havili will actually get a French perspective. Leading French rugby journalist Arnaud Pinot, uh, David rather, will uh, join us. And it really is chasing the press pack today. We've got uh, a New Zealand uh, media perspective. Uh, Jamie Wall, good friend of SENZ. Uh, we sat down at the top table. Uh, after the All Blacks press conference, we positioned him in the the head the head interview. He loved it. Head, he did absolutely love it. Uh, he will uh, feature as well throughout the hour. Got a question for you? Of course, we want your contribution, your qu- questions and comments. Double eight, double three. Always encouraged. Uh, the Temper and Beer Post text machine is open. Love to get your thoughts on. Um, the World Cup in general, and our question of the day, which pertains to the number 12 position. We'll get to that in just a short while. But what did day number two entail for us? Well, it was uh, making our way to uh, the uh, Lyon Olympic Universitaire Rugby Club, Lou for short, Lyon, uh, as it is known around the world, this um, wonderful club. It's 127 years old, moving as... Uh, Fast as uh, Logan and I were yesterday, the 127-year-old. Uh, uh, 1896, it's been around for... And you think your sporting team uh, has waited a long time for a title, but my quick count, they haven't won a title since 1933. Some 90 years. 90 years since last winning uh, a title as uh, champions of France, but it was a wonderful setting. More recently, the, the stadium they currently play had been uh, used by Olympic Lyon, uh, the football club uh, situated in the Herland uh, Quarter. They moved on to a new, bigger, brighter stadium in 2016, and the uh, Olympic Lyon Rugby Club moved in. It seats about 35,000. It has wonderful sort of character and charm because the uh, original facility, it's been changed a lot over the years, was built in the early 1900s. That's where the All Blacks have been training and preparing and uh, where their media conference was held yesterday. But what a great little facility. How's this for a notion? 
the, the, the rugby club appeared to be open to the public during the day so people could go in and uh, have lunch and a little drink at their restaurant. They had uh, the club store open, full of World Cup paraphernalia, full of uh, 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 Olympic rugby club gear for you to purchase. Uh, really nice uh, sort of novel thing for me to see. We don't really see it here in New Zealand now, do we? And that, uh, that restaurant was very well populated. As I... Uh, Scout around. Uh, it was off to the uh, the All Blacks uh, training session for for vision capture. You only get fifteen minute uh, glimpse. Security was reasonably heavy handed, telling all the Junos where to go, where not to go, including under the tree to catch some shade. Apparently, that was bad form. One journalist um, who remained unnamed was actually asked to leave because they continued to hide under the tree to, to receive some shade. Uh, this was not the All Blacks, this is World Cup security, who are a little heavy-handed, and in quite uh, one mirthful moment as well. Uh, just ahead of the start of the press conference, Joe Malcolm, the All Blacks media manager, was not allowed into her own press conference. I loved that because the security guy said, I- I- I'm not the boss there, and everyone said, no, she is. Yes, <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah, um, for a lot of confusion, a lot of confusion. Uh, but finally, the uh, the media uh, session got underway. But it was hot, it was hot, and the All Blacks looked pretty cool, calm and collected, and uh, very hip too, as they all rolled in on their scooters, shirts off, singlets on, some doubling. My favourite sight, possibly of all time, was one Aaron Smith doubling Brody Retallick on a scooter back to base after they had finished their training session. Talk about little and large, talk about quite uh, an eyesore. So uh, that was uh, the setting yesterday. Uh, the All Blacks uh, seemed in, in pretty good form ahead of a huge challenge for them and quite refreshing, quite open, I thought. At times, New Zealand press conferences can be a little bit dry, fair to say. The other big feature yesterday was the uh, initial uh, press conference held by World Rugby. Uh, to all uh, comers, uh, a press conference that lasted over an hour, lots of topics, uh, most of it conducted in French, surprise, surprise, all the heavy hitters were there, uh, the President of Bill Beaumont, Alan Gilpin, the CEO of Rugby World Cup, of course, uh, lots of uh, big topics were discussed, some old topics which still blows my mind that we are talking about them like a global calendar. So Bill Beaumont reassured us that, yes, they are working on trying to get a global calendar uh, for international rugby. Uh, I don't know about you, but I will believe it when I see it. Uh, It seems like we have been talking about a global calendar in rugby uh, in perpetuity over the last however many years. Uh, a, A clear talking point And a big worry for rugby fans, I feel, is discipline at this tournament. Will it be card-heavy? Will the judiciary get heavily involved? Uh, We have seen some rather interesting decisions in the last few weeks. Uh, George Moala's won. Uh, Scott Barrett getting off. Uh, Owen Farrell's saga probably at the top of that pyramid. And unsurprisingly, uh, English journalists are very keen to sort of uh, drill down a little bit deeper as Alan Gilpin was actually asked after that, uh, you know, pretty embarrassing process where World Rugby actually had to appeal a judicial uh, decision. Uh, Alan Gilpin was asked, are they far more confident that they will get it right during this tournament? Yes, we're confident. I mean, I guess we're never complacent with these things. Um, obviously, we've introduced and implemented the, the foul play review bunker through uh, through Super Rugby and then into the summer uh, games for, for every World Cup warm-up matches. And you know, that anytime you're introducing new 
processes and procedures, there's always going to be some some learnings, and there has been. Um, I think the the key difference for us when we come into the tournament is that we get to control the process much more. So everything from the way the television pitches are, are shared with the relevant officials through to the disciplinary process is obviously all under um, one set of controls. And, and that gives us the confidence, I think, that we can make sure it's not confusing for players and it's not confusing for fans. Yeah, and that's what you want. You don't want it to be confusing for players, and we don't want it to be confusing for fans, and we don't want sort of mixed messaging uh, with regard to the on-field decisions and then in the judiciary. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure World Rugby having more control puts my mind at ease. That, that's essentially what he's saying. Relax, relax, we got this. We're in control now. We can micromanage every little minor detail uh, and the outcome will be much, much better. Uh, I hope he's right. I certainly hope he is right. Uh, Ella Gilpin, to start with uh, one of the key talking points uh, raised during the opening up press conference. A variety of topics uh, were mentioned there, but I'm sure from a rugby product, you listening here on SENZ, uh, that's what you're most concerned about, the actual product on the fields. This is Rugby World Cup today, live from Lyon, our hotel suite. Another glorious day as we're heading for uh, another warm one. The All Blacks uh, will again uh, have another media session today, a little bit later in the day, rather than the, the middle of the day yesterday where it was uh, raging hot heat. But at that session yesterday, we were very uh, happy to catch up with a couple of uh, key protagonists. Now, Scott McLeod is the All Blacks defence coach, not in the selection group. That needs to be reiterated. So uh, while he doesn't have much to offer as far as, uh, you know, selection questions right across the uh, side, he can drill down on uh, quite an important area of the defence. But prior to that, it was uh, noticed at training that Geordie Barrett had not contributed for a second straight day with a knee injury, it did uh, seem. Uh, Geordie Barrett was looking very grumpy at training, it has to be said. Although, in fairness, I don't think that is a sign that he feels he's going to be out of the game. It's more of the fact that he absolutely loves training and hates being on the sidelines um, and can get uh, rather grumpy. But uh, it is a worrisome sign for the All Blacks that their number 12 is under an injury cloud and in doubt. He has not been ruled out. Let's reiterate that. It is uh, an injury doubt at the moment, um, and uh, we got uh, more clarification on the matter when Scott McLeod, the All Blacks defence coach, gave an update on Barrett's injury. Yep, so he's just um, got a niggle in his left knee, um, and we're just taking precautions, really. Um, doesn't have to train today, so... But it's a wait and see, really. Um, it's still early in the week for us, um, so we'll just wait and see how he responds today and tomorrow to a little bit more treatment. With some more treatment, we'll see how it responds to that. Our whole squad prepares to play right up until um, warm-up in the game day, so everyone's prepared to play. Yeah, he has been really important to our play, but however, um, we trust our full squad and we're going to have to in this World Cup, so if that happens, um, we trust anybody that fills that jersey. Um, everyone in the squad, I imagine, will get some gameplay, so everyone's got to be ready to go and we've got to trust the whole squad to do that. That is, of course, the New Zealand defence coach Scott McLeod. Speaking of defence, they were thumped by South Africa, 35 points to seven. 35 points conceded, a worrisome number. Uh, he talked about the lessons uh, they hope to take out from that loss against South yeah, Africa. Yeah, we spent um, a fair bit of time in Germany um, going through that and giving and, and having a look at the footage and, and what we could have done better. Um, responding to the ref um, was absolutely one takeaway, which will be consistent through this World Cup. Um, however, the big areas we looked at is around the line-out, 
um, and how we responded to some tactics um, that the South Africans brought, but also what we didn't adjust, um, both in the line-out um, more defence, but around it as well, particularly with a man down, two men down, 30 men. How do we defend with that? It's not something we want to train or be aware of, but it's something we have to um, in today's climate. But Scott McLeod was adamant the defensive stint they put up in the opening 20 minutes against South Africa where they repelled them time and time again was clearly the lone bright spot against the South Africans in London. 100%. That was the, um, the biggest takeaway um, we, I took from a dis, uh, defensive perspective. And I really got the boys to drill down on what they felt in that and they felt really connected and um, hugely motivated to keep them out. We, we withstood... Uh, a tremendous amount of pressure in that stage and we repelled I think about six or seven really pressure moments and the boys gained a lot of confidence from that um, so we will bank that and build on that um, but again like I say we, 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 we took away some key learnings around what do we do um, when we're particularly 13 down 14 down. What does your analysis tell you about France this week? Yeah much the same um, massive pack who are mobile and have skill. Um, they, they're very good at driving, but also playing around their line So the work we've done, we hope, um, has really strengthened us there. We're ready for that. And then on the flip side, when they use the ball, um, their flair, as you know, and their skill sets and their ability to see space and pass to it, run to it, kick to it, is, is, we respect that a lot. So we worked hard at that. How different are they without Intermac? He is a fantastic player. However, um, Gilbert and, and um, Hastoy, the boys that come in, um, they're right up there as well. Um, they have picked um, three tens that suit the way they play, and they're all top quality. The last time the All Blacks played France in Paris, it went the way of the home nation. New Zealand and France don't have a lot of uh, recent history as far as playing each other, but it is fair to say, listening to Scott McLeod, the All Blacks remember that loss very, very well indeed. There's still a knot in our gut from the last time we were here. That hurt, and we've held on to that a little bit. Um, a couple of clips have been, been shown, uh, which still hurts the boys, so um, a few buttoned off around it and we relaxed thinking um, we would get them and they didn't, they ran out and around us and got through us and that suits their style of play. Um, they look for the space and just run into it well and feed off each other so we, we can't allow that. The players are sick to death of seeing that, um, particularly a couple that were featured in it a bit um, and then that's still the hurt like for them and, and um, we want the players to feel that a little bit and, and not let that happen again. We see similarity in the way they play, particularly in, in structure and the way they want to use the ball and we can't switch off at any stage. Um, however, I think they've added to their game in terms of kick space. So they've, they've added more of a threat that we, we are aware of and we're preparing for as well. Just, just feeling um, training the last couple of days, I think um, the loss to them last time, um, our performance against South Africa and the opening game, all combined to, like you say, a heightened sense of of this game. Um, it's one that we thrive in and we love. Um, but some of the players also know the pressure um, of playing a World Cup at home. And, you know, we're, we're sure France will feel that. Um, so the occasion's going to be massive. We feel the uh, support uh, all around the place for them. Um, so we're really looking forward to to kick off.
That is Scott McLeod, the All Blacks defence coach. The All Blacks smarting, hurting not only what happened against South Africa, but what happened last time against the French. Looking to atone on Saturday morning, your time, as the Rugby World Cup kicks off. We'll have full coverage right here on SENZ. In a bit of pain, the All Blacks. Jordy Barrett in a bit of pain. He's under a serious injury. cloud with a left knee injury. Who starts? There's your question of the day. If Jordy Barrett is ruled out, who do you go for? Do you go for uh, David Harvilli, who brings like, his own uh, power skill set, I, I guess, but has played so little rugby over the last couple of months. Would you go to the very experienced Anton Leonard Brown and the number 12 jumper and maybe push Harvilli to the bench? You let us know. Double eight, double three. If Barrett is out, who do you go with? This is Rugby World Cup today. Love to get your answers on double eight, double three. Back with more up after this. Yeah. 25 minutes after 6 o'clock in New Zealand. 25 minutes after 8 in the morning here in Lyon. Another glorious day. The window is open. Still no one up in the apartment block across the road there. Uh, come on. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Attack the day. Uh, you can now attack our text line. Double eight, double three. the temper and beer post text machine. Two questions. I'm going to intro number two. Uh, number one, uh, with uh, Geordie Barrett under an injury cloud, who starts at number 12? Anton Leonard-Brown or David Harvilli? Play armchair selector. Uh, I I lean to the guy who's probably played more footy recently and has more test match experience. Uh, but David Harvilli does make a, a pretty compelling case, does he not? You let us know. And yesterday, I think it was Buzz who joined us when he when we opened the lines for a, a little window of talkback. He was a little bit down on New Zealand's chances, although he felt quite embarrassed saying that, didn't he? And we said, it's okay, Buzz, you're allowed an opinion. And he threw out this, that what the All Blacks need more than anything else right now is John Alomu. And it got us thinking. If we could drop in any former All Black from any generation into this current team to help them, who would it be and why? We'd love for you to contribute and play our little game. Double eight, double three. Are you going for a hard-running midfielder like a Ma'anonu maybe? I think, I think he would fit quite nicely into this team. Would you want to bolster that tight five, add a little bit more depth? Would you want a heavy-hitting loose forward to, you know, provide punishing defence and getting some front football? Let us know, double eight, double three. If you could drop in any previous All Black from any generation into this current team, who would you lobby for and why? Double eight, double three. We want your contribution day in, day out here on Rugby World Cup today. Right now, though, let's get the French perspective. I was privileged enough to catch up with the highly respected French journalist Arnaud David, a veteran of uh, the... Uh, journalistic trades and uh, following rugby in great, great details. Worked in France and also London in his time. And uh, I caught up with him, try to get uh, uh, an idea of the psyche of the average French rugby fan. How much excitement and anticipation within, you know, the broader French rugby community, not only for a World Cup, but the quality of the home side and what they could achieve? I think we've been waiting for this moment for four years, as uh, Antoine Dupont said. Um, we noticed during the last World Cup in Japan when Fabien Galtier was already there as a, to, to help Jack Brunel that there were some special talents in that team and they got the fruits of, their, um, of these talents very early beating, you know, beating England for their first match of 2020 and, and then continuing and of course one of the big steps was um, 
winning against the All Blacks. That was a maybe in Paris. And that was also a turning point in building the expectations. So it's quite, um, it's enormous. And uh, I think all the, 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 the public is wondering whether after three finals lost, France will at last at home win that World Cup. So there's a lot of weight on the shoulders of the players. And uh, a few worries, I think, also for the France team. Sounds like you're painting a picture of a flower blooming and you're hoping it hasn't bloomed too soon. Yes. Haven't they picked too early? That's a question which is in the back of our mind. I would say since this winter when they lost in, in, in Dublin and then there have been I feel during the preparation games worrying signs mm. this team is, might not be competing at the level where they should be well last year in particular um, they, they were head and shoulders I felt above the rest, is that how you felt at the end of 2022 that it was France and maybe daylight second not really, not really. Uh, we were we were expecting them to, uh, to 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 grow more, and I think one of the problem that they have today is the the quality of the front five, uh, with uh, the injury of Cyril Bay, with uh, the injury of Paul Willemsey. It's not where Fabien Galtier would like his front five to be, and that's a worrying sign. We. Uh, all Blacks have discovered it in, uh, in Twickenham against the Springboks. If you haven't got a very tough front five and I would say uh, a very, very uh, formidable pack, then uh, it will be difficult to, uh, to, to, to get the cup. And of course, to be on the front foot, to let the, the little magician at number nine, you know, do what he does, run games. Please describe to us how central he is, Dupont to the side and how, how much love there is from the French rugby community. <clears throat> uh, I've been in this in this, uh, in this job for a very long time now. But you look a young man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I've never seen something like this. He's a he's a he's the equal of a of a Serge Blanco. Um, he's, a, he's he's central. He's central. He's got um, every every talent. Uh, but maybe there is. A lot of weight on his shoulders. A lot of weight on his shoulders. You know, he's the, as Dan Carter was in 2011, he's the poster boy of, yeah. uh, of rugby in France. And um, sometimes you feel it's too much. And I think that the loss of Romain Tamak, his fly half, his teammate from, from, from Toulouse, beautiful he's a player. beautiful player and he's also uh, a, a big blow because uh, Dupont, Dupont and Tamak. They bring out the bets of each other. You know, it's like um, fire and ice. Mm. Dupont is fire. But when he's got Entamark to run the game yeah. and sometimes quiet things, uh, then it's, he's even better. As you know, the All Blacks often talked about walking towards the pressure in 2011, being at home. Mm. Um, it can be a help. It can be a hindrance. What about the fans here? Could they turn quickly if it... it doesn't go their way or is this going to be you know completely robust right in behind the French no uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll be behind I mean we'll, we'll have the answer on Friday true because I, I think it will be uh, a true arm wrestle I think there's very little between the two teams and uh, we'll see if France is struggling if the old blacks have got the better 
then we'll see how the French public respond, whether they are true fans or whether they are just, you know, <laughs> running off the success. <laughs> the bandwagon. I lied. One last one. Please paint a picture to our audiences back in New Zealand. That crowd, that atmosphere, that stadium. It's very funny because um, I think this French team have created the ambience, the atmosphere of the Stade de France. It used to be a very cold stadium. And then this team has brought passion into the stadium. And it was amazing in 2021 when they played the All Blacks. The atmosphere post-COVID was absolutely delirious. Arno David, a long-time French rugby journalist. Uh, privileged to catch up with him. Uh, certainly has a few question marks over the French now, doesn't he? I wonder if that's uh, made you feel a little bit better about the All Blacks' chances on Saturday morning New Zealand time for the opening game of the World Cup. And it's fascinating, the dynamics between team and crowd. Uh, the All Blacks get off to a fast start, get a lead on the scoreboard, might actually be able to turn the French crowd um, on their home team, such is the way uh, the French support has gone over the years. Just uh, one of the uh, things in play ahead of the opening game of Rugby World Cup 2023. This is Rugby World Cup today. My name is Daniel McCarty. Privileged to be able to uh, provide you all the colour and life from uh, currently Toulon. Not Toulon. Um, we spoke to a guy from Toulon and he'll be on the show tomorrow. Uh, I'm getting confused. We're in Lyon, where the All Blacks are based, uh, before going back to France for the first game. Right now, though, at 27 away from 7, time to get off to Johnny Mack in the news. Twenty-five minutes away from seven o'clock. This is Rugby World Cup today, live from Lyon in France. Just a few days out from the start of Rugby World Cup, SCNZ all over it. Fair to say, can't wait to bring you all of the big games with commentary. While we will have World Cup uh, today, each and every day, Monday through Fridays, here on the station. Uh, our text topic of the day, inspired by our call yesterday, Buzz. Thanks, Buzz, for giving us a, a great idea. He said the All Blacks need Jonah Lomu. We're asking you, is there any player from a previous generation that you could drop into this current team? Who would it be and why? And I'm sure producer Brad will completely agree with uh, this one. Uh, Jerome Kaino all day, every day. Do I get a hear, hear from Brad? Hear, hear. Yeah. (laughs) With great gusto and excitement. All right. It is time for our breakout performance. Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian Meats and proudly supporting Rugby Union. Our potential of a breakout star in the lead-up to the opening games. Once the games start, we'll actually talk about some of the stars on the field. But how's this one? The French have taken a flyer on a real flyer. His name is Louis Bell Biel Bielli. Let me start that again because I've absolutely butchered Louis' name. Louis Biel Bielli. He is... A bolter in every sense of the world. He can bolt because uh, he's so damn fast. He only cracked the French squad prior to this tournament. He debuted against Scotland just last month. He scored a try in that debut cap as well. He has all of just three international appearances uh, to his name, but it was enough for the French selectors to uh, book his spot in the squad. And he really is a mighty talent, and a lot of French fans are really excited when you do ask them about him. Now, he might not be thrown into the cauldron of a World Cup opener against the All Blacks, but you sense he will get a, a chance at some stage, so keep your eye out. And just like 
the great Vincent Clare before him. He first played his rugby for Grenoble, currently with uh, Bordeaux in the top 14. He was a star for Le Bleu at the under-20 level, but now is part of the senior national side. Now, one lock on the wing is Damien Pernot, who might be the best winger on the planet. He is fabulous. But uh, will Louis uh, find his way into the starting lineup? Well, Gab... Uh, Gabin Vieli is another quality outside back, so uh, he might ha- just have to wait his t- uh, for his chance, but that is one name you should certainly keep an eye uh, out for. That is our breakout performance with Breakout River Meets, proud supporter of local independent butchers and the Rugby World Cup. Well, the All Blacks uh, press conference wound up yesterday at Lyon after David Havili, Finlay Christie and Scott McLeod, who we heard from a little bit earlier, um, uh, said their piece. Uh, I grabbed one, Jamie Wall, of course, a marauding freelance rugby uh, reporter and journalist and good friend of SENZ, and I sat him, sat him down at the top table, and we had a bit of a chat, not only about this game, but the tournament uh, in its entirety. Well, the great man, Jamie Wall's alongside me. Um, we've hijacked the top table. Finally, some common sense, um, you know, uh, so, some incisive analysis is going to come from a head table to a press conference at the World Cup, mate. It's, it's been too long since yeah. I've been able to sit here and give my thoughts, so <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. That's, i got to talk about the singlet, mate. Yeah. That is nice. Where did you steal that one? Uh, no, I, I purchased it from the club shop over the road. We're at, obviously at uh, Leon uh, Rugby Club, which yeah. is a top 14 uh, side, and I really quite like their merch, and... You know, got the old dinner for two shirt, and um, yeah, just re- want to get the guns out and give it a nudge out in Leon. You're way too tan to be a rugby journo. What's happened? Look, I'm not going to lie to you. We had a week off last week. Yeah. Um, we might have gone to a, an island out in the Mediterranean called Ibiza uh, with a couple of the other boys. Um, that's where I got the tan. Beautiful. And I'm guessing that's not 29.99 that t-shirt. Uh, I actually got a 20% discount because um, she was so happy that a New Zealander had come to the store. Yeah. <laughs> How much are you looking forward, you know, from a rugby fan's perspective? You know, you've been involved in rugby whole life, right? To get to Stade de France, to see France, uh, a, a side that's been humming along for years to take on New Zealand on a home soil to, to open a World Cup. Yeah, this is going to be huge, man. Like, this is uh, it's a, it's a match that's been just forecast as probably the most anticipated game of, uh, anticipated opening game of Rugby World Cup probably ever. And uh, the, the the All Blacks have been going on about the atmosphere and the crowd and everything, which is kind of odd for yeah. them. They never really kind of bring that up, um, but they have been. And if even the, it's it's getting into their line of thinking, then it's going to be something incredible because we remember that game back in 2021 when France just absolutely pumped the All Blacks and you could feel it through the TV. So I just can't wait to get there and be a part of that. So, so you think... That has left an imprint on their memory. That the crowd, the noise, the hostility. Because you speak to French journalists who say, like 10, 15 years ago, it was a very quiet place. It was almost boring. At times have changed thanks to their results. Yeah, absolutely. There's a real buzz about this French team. Um, it has been a bit up and down uh, over the last couple of weeks, just given the amount of injury concerns uh, that they've had. And we've got now got a bit of a controversy with one of their players um, coming in who uh, almost did a bit of prison time a couple of years back. Uh, so it's a bit, a bit of sort of it's, it's feeling a little bit like they're slipping back into being what you'd normally associate with a French side. Uh, but at the same time, man, like they're, they're so good across the field. It's going to take a real really, really big performance by the All Blacks to pull this off, I think. Yeah, lots of talk amongst New Zealand fans, of course, about the injuries in the All Blacks, but what about Cyril Byers not there? Willems is out. How big a loss do you think they are? Yeah, I think out of all of them, I think Willems and Bayer 
you know, just disrupting their, their type five just enough. And speaking with some of the French journalists, they they reckon that Charleroi, the guy that's coming in, is a little bit of a liability. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's off the field because he yeah. almost went to prison for beating a guy up. Uh, but at the same time, he, he's the sort of guy that they said can either win you a game or lose lose it just by himself. Um, and so I think that might be an, an area that the All Blacks might want to target uh, if he gets on if he gets on the park. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, out in the backs, they're missing the first five and the second five. Um, don't, worry, don't get me wrong, Jalabi is a fantastic player and everything, but it's just going to slightly adjust the way they play, and they play a very refined sort of game. And, and I think that, again, you know, the All Blacks, apart from that bad result at Twickenham, at least they've been consistent in their selections in that area. And they've got fully fit, healthy guys, uh, apart from Geordie Barrett now. Um, so that might be that might be an area where the, the game might be decided. I don't think France, and tell me if I'm wrong here, mate, you watch more than I do. I, I don't think France are as sharp as I saw in 2022. Conversely, well, New Zealand couldn't be as bad as they were in 2022. So... Um, they still start favourites, though, France, considering the players New Zealand don't have at their disposal. Is the 31-0 and 0 in group stage massively under threat? Yeah, I think it is. Well, it's just the most under threat. It's been, I think, perhaps since uh, maybe 999, there was a bit of buzz about that English team that, that, that took on the always. They turned out to be rubbish. Um, but I think this this is a big, big test. The, people forget that this all-black side, um, they're, they're the only team that's never lost a pool game uh, before. And it's not a record that they want to set um, because they've set enough unwanted records over the last couple of years. This is not another one. Olivia Manias, um, I'm not sure as strong a historian of New Zealand rugby as you are. Um, sounds like he's been pretty... Um, uh, what's an articulate word I can come up with? He's completely bagged um, this current mob uh, saying they're the worst New Zealand side of all time. Has he got a point? No, there's got to be worse sides, isn't there? Well, he's certainly managed to generate a headline, um, but I, I think that I think if you're talking about a body of work, I mean, he's sort of at least kind of pointing in the right direction. I think that the All Blacks have gone five and one this season, and up until Twickenham, I don't think you could really fault the way that they were playing at all. Uh, but if they turn up and play as badly as they did at Twickenham, and you remember that's that's the top All Black side that went out there. They're not going to be changing much um, uh, the, in, in terms of personnel uh, if they don't have to. So if they play as poorly as they did, um, then, yeah, he's, he, he does have a point because that's a record loss. Yeah. You know, it was, it was one thing um, to watch your weeks lose. It's another thing to watch them lose in the worst possible scoreline, the worst scoreline they've ever had in their entire history. And I was there for that. It honestly felt like we were at Alice Park. There was that many South Africans there. Uh, but really, you... Even though the result didn't really matter, expecting a much better performance out of the All Blacks in that game. Right. A couple more before I let you go. Um, more broadly, if we look at the tournament, sure. um, is it as wide open as all the pundits suggested? Is it really four or five teams could win this? Well, as a typical navel-gazing New Zealander yeah. who uh, pays very little attention to <laughs> the world outs- the rugby world outside of our own shores... What did they play rugby? Uh, yeah, um, it is very hard to pick. Um, I'm looking at Paul B thinking... Man, you know, Scotland could really upset that whole thing. We're all thinking about Ireland, South Africa. Upset, John. S- Scotland, yeah, Scotland might have, have something to say there. Um, Fiji are going in as group favourites. <laughs> uh, so if they don't top that group, it would be make a mess of like the way that they're actually uh, ranked in the world. 
Um, and you got Manu Samoa coming in who are playing playing great games as well. And don't forget about Tonga uh, as well. You know, like there's so many things can happen, and the main beneficiaries out of all of this are going to be the Wallabies because they could really easily fall ass first into a semi final. I'm going to see Eddie Jones cackling all the way to the semi final. What's going to be the storyline of the tournament? Is it going to be open attacking rugby, or is it going to be down defensive footy? As I think a lot of us fear. With discipline being the other D word. Yeah, well, that, that was what I was going to say. I think that there's been so much talk about referees, so much talk about red cards, um, so much talk about how it's going to swing games. I hope it doesn't. I hope that at least this first game can we can get we can get through it without any some sort of controversy. I hope we don't end up in a situation where it's like the America's Cup, where we're paying more attention to the judicial room, the lawyers, uh, rather than the actual on-field action. Um, but I think we're going to see some good rugby. There's too many good players uh, out there, um, too many good teams, uh, especially in the pool play. Um, you, you look at a football World Cup, we all the best goals are in pool play, and they've got players opened up. Once we get to the quarters, I think we're going to see a, a few adjustments. But, yeah, I think we're going to see some really good rugby. Rising ind- individual stars, who are you highlighting for our audience? Who do we need to ke- keep an eye on? Oh, well, I think, like, probably the entire Fijian team, um, who we're going to get used to just because half of them play for the draw. And may I say, uh, for the people out there who love to bag Super Rugby, um, the Fijian team would not be anywhere near as good as they are right now uh, without the draw and the team and without those guys being able to play together all uh, all the time. Um, So, you know, for all you... Bring back the NPC lot... That's the byproduct we've had, and and we're, and it's been a really really important one um, for world rugby across um, the other teams. I mean, there's there's a bunch, man. I mean, like uh, there's just I, I I really like um, the look of some of the young Australian players because we're going to get a forecast of like what their team's going to be like for the next four years, and they're going to build. No matter what you think of Eddie Jones, like there's a plan in place because they're hosting the next World Cup. So I think they're definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, but other than that, I, I think that you know, just the pool stages are going to be the best part of this World Cup, and then we're going to get into the sort of more business end, um, you know, structured, disciplined, you know, one penalty can kind of change a whole game sort of thing. The one, the only Jamie Wall, the only man with guns. They match a mo as quality as that, and a voice as smooth as your face. How's that? Oh, it's, it's, good, it's a good sales job, isn't it? That's, that's fantastic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie Warren, New Zealand rugby journalist and author here on Rugby World Cup today. Back up for this. The battle for world rugby supremacy is on in France for Rugby World Cup 2023. Direct from France, this is Rugby World Cup today with Daniel McCarty on SENZ. We are at the end of episode number two of Rugby World Cup today. Thank you very much, unnamed texter. I found the Olivier Mania of New Zealand rugby. France can get stuffed. The All Blacks are going to pump them on double eight, double three. Yes, Olivier Mania writing quite a scathing article, the former uh, loose forward, basically calling uh, the All Blacks the worst All Blacks team of all time, and it's not even going to be close. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear more about that over the coming day or so. Let's get to our Rugby World Cup schedule. Of course, uh, the opening game of Rugby World Cup 2023. Kickoff at 7.15 Saturday morning. Our coverage starts from 6am. It is France hosting the All Blacks. Stade de France join myself and Justin Marshall while well, the following day, we've got two games for you, kicking off at four and seven respectively. Australia v Georgia and England up against Argentina. And Sammy Hewitt and Scotty Stevenson will join the crew. As far as what else is coming up on World Cup today, tomorrow, 
that makes sense. So tomorrow's show here on World Cup Today. We've caught up with a man who's had a wonderfully successful career here in uh, France over the last uh, five or six years. He's heading back to La Rochelle after a quick uh, uh, time with Toulon. He's a European Cup winner. All those Blues fans years ago, you can't win anything with Ehi Western at first time, except for a European Cup, of course. Yeah, he's had a great uh, few years. Ehi West will tell us what it's like playing in France, French culture, and we'll learn more about the French side. It will also be the eve of the All Blacks World Cup um, opening game selection. We'll get your thoughts. That's our Rugby World Cup 23 schedule. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. We cannot wait to be back on tomorrow from 6pm. We have great coverage for you. We'll love to hear.